Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number eight. Today's topic is how to experience the spiritual power of the Lord's Prayer. So obviously we're going to be talking about prayer. Hey, I've got a question for you. When was the last time you said the Lord's Prayer? Maybe it was in church last Sunday. Maybe it was last night before you went to bed. Maybe it was this morning when you got up and had some prayer time. Maybe you said it with your family. I think a more important question is, how did you say the Lord's Prayer? Was it just repeating the words? We sometimes get into just saying the words. We know them so well, and we say them the same way over and over and over. When that happens, we lose the deeper meaning of what Jesus wants us to understand when we pray that prayer. Have you ever been in church when they're saying the Lord's Prayer so fast, it seems like it's a race to see who can finish first? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Blah, 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 blah. It's like a little gerbil wheel going around so fast you can hardly understand the words. Now, we know the words. We've said them so many times for years and years and years, perhaps. But it's really important to slow down sometimes and think about what the words really mean to really capture the spirit of this prayer. I'm sure you know the Lord's Prayer is included in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's in chapter 6 of Matthew. It starts in verse 9 and goes through verse 13. And Jesus says something interesting. He doesn't say, just repeat these words mindlessly every day. He says, pray in this manner. Pray in this way. This is not a formula for you just to repeat. It's not a bunch of magic words. It's a way of thinking. There's a spiritual progression of ideas in this prayer, and it's important to see the order of how these ideas play off each other. Sometimes when we are just saying the words, we really are killing the spirit of what this prayer is all about. In fact, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. We don't want just the letter of the prayer. You may have a very eloquent way of saying these words, but if you don't feel the spirit of those words, you're actually just praying dead words. It's like a bunch of dead leaves in the fall. We want to experience the spirit of life. So that's what we're going to talk about today, really digging down to the spirit that's in the Lord's Prayer. I've been thinking about this a lot, how to really pray the Lord's Prayer so that you can feel its power. And I think we just have to mix it up a little bit. We have to take a different approach to to get that deeper meaning because, as I said, sometimes we're so familiar with the words, we're not even thinking about it. And that's happened to me. Sometimes I get to the end of the prayer and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I didn't even think about that. I'm just saying the words. And that doesn't do me any good. It's wasted my time. I go back and I stop and I ponder each word. I've got several different ways that I pray the Lord's Prayer sometimes, different times. I don't do them all every day, but these are several different ways that I have found that help me get a sense 
of what this prayer is really all about. And the first one is just to slow down. Take it a word or two at a time. Take it a phrase or a sentence at a time. Don't just race through it to the end. Just listen as I read the Lord's Prayer. Now, this is from the King James Version, so you may get down to the middle part and you'll say trespasses instead of debts. And there are a few other little tiny differences maybe in the way it is, but the meaning is the same. So this is the one from the King James. That's the way I've always said it growing up, and I still say it that way. Just listen for the Spirit. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The next time you say the Lord's Prayer, slow down and think about what the words really mean and think about the order that they're in. You know, a lot of times when we pray, we start with the problem. We think we've got to tell God what the problem is. Well, a lot of times when you start with the problem, you're going to end up with the problem. The wonderful thing about the Lord's Prayer is that it starts with the solution. It starts with our Father, which is in heaven. He is the solution. He's going to solve the problem. And it establishes our relationship with God, our Father. It's not just our God, it's our Father. That's a parent-child relationship. Then it talks about his holy name, his holy nature. And then we pray to see that his kingdom is come and that his will is done on earth just as it already is in heaven. Once we've talked about all this stuff that's about God, we finally get to our needs. It doesn't say, God, this is what my problems are. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need for today. We're not asking God for what we need 20 years from now or even a year from now. Jesus said, take one day at a time. What would you do if you had a year's supply of bread? There wouldn't be room enough in your house to put it. It would go bad. Even if you put a lot of it in the freezer, who wants to eat bread that's been in the freezer for a year? Bread is best when it's fresh. So there's a lot of wisdom in this prayer. Jesus is telling us just to ask for what we need for right now. God will take care of us in the future too, but we're asking for God to give it to us right now. And we're acknowledging that he is the source. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is pretty powerful. We could talk all day about that one too. We have to forgive others and ourselves in order to feel God's forgiveness toward us and lead us not into temptation. God never leads us into temptation. He delivers us from temptation. And that's the next line. But deliver us from evil. That's God's job. And whatever the problem or the challenge is that you're facing, that's where this part of the prayer comes in. Deliver us from the evil. And then the last line is a summary of everything the prayer has said. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Some Bible scholars disagree as to whether that last line is actually part of the original prayer or not. But I still say it that way because it really is a beautiful summary of God's power and glory and emphasizes the fact that God is in charge. And that's what this prayer is all about. Another way that I found really helpful 
to get a deeper understanding of the Lord's Prayer is to rewrite it, to repray it, you might say, in my own words. I like to think about what each of those phrases means, and then I'll recreate it in a fresh way. And I'll give you a couple examples here. Our Father, which art in heaven. Well, I like to say our Father, Mother, God, our divine parent, the creative power of the universe, infinite divine love. There's so many ways we can talk about God and our relationship to him. Which art in heaven. Well, heaven is where God is completely in charge. So you could say our divine parent, which is completely in charge. That just helps me get another sense of what Jesus is really telling us here in this prayer. Hallowed be thy name. God, your name is holy. It's sacred. It's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's infinite love. I'm not going to go through the rest of the prayer that way because I'd like you to do that. In the show notes, I'm going to put a template in there with the Lord's Prayer written out verse by verse with space between each line, so you can write it out for yourself if you'd like to download that. You can do it on any sheet of paper, but if you'd like to print it out, you can do that. Another way that's helped me really dig down into the meaning and the power of the Lord's Prayer is to think about those words, our and us. There's no I in there. It's all plural. It's first person plural. You're not saying my God. You're not saying give me my daily bread. You're not saying forgive me my sins. It's always our and us. This is really surprising to me sometimes because in church, for example, I start praying the Lord's Prayer and I'm thinking about everybody in the congregation when I start out. But when I get to the part where it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, even though I'm saying our, I'm really thinking me. Forgive me my debts. I need to be reminded that this prayer is not an individual prayer. Jesus made it a collective prayer and that adds to the power of it. So here's what I'd like you to do. One day I was thinking about this our Father and give us this day our daily bread and all those places where it talks about us. And I thought, well, who is that us? How many of us are there? How big is it? How many, how many people is that? And I started with my family and my church and my town and my state. I got to the whole world. Then I started thinking about all the people in the past, everyone in the world right now as well as everyone in the future that hasn't even been born yet. So my question for you is, how big is your hour and how big is your us when you say the Lord's Prayer? Make it really inclusive of everyone and go through each line. And when you get to those pronouns, think about it, including everyone that's ever lived and ever will. When I've done that, it gives me this wonderful sense of God's love for all mankind throughout all time. His love is that big. It's that powerful. It's that all-inclusive. And we can begin to experience that sense of God's love when we open our eyes to see it. Another way that I like to pray the Lord's Prayer, instead of going through each line as a request to God, I will turn it into a thank you as if those things have already happened. For example, well, the first couple of lines are obvious and they're already that way. Our Father is in heaven and his name is already hallowed, but I thank him. I put gratitude. Thank you, God, for being our Father and thank you for being in heaven and thank you for revealing your holy name to us. Thank you that your kingdom is already come 
Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He started his ministry that way. Thank you that your will is being done right now here on earth. Thank you for giving me my daily bread. And on and on. When you thank God in advance for something that hasn't happened yet, it creates a sense of expectation and a sense of deeper trust because you know he's going to do it. And we can thank him ahead of time. Jesus did that often in his ministry. Now, the next way that I'm going to share with you that I pray the Lord's Prayer has totally changed my perspective on what's going on, and that is to rewrite it or re-pray the Lord's Prayer in the first person as if God is saying it to you. So, for example, instead of us saying to God, Our Father, which art in heaven, how would God say that same idea? I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth, but bear with me here just kind of as an exercise. This is one way it could be said. God is talking to us and says, I am your father. Not just you personally, but you, everyone. I am the father. I am the creator of everyone. And I am in heaven. My name is hallowed. My name is holy. My nature is divine. My kingdom is come. My will is done in earth as it is in heaven. I give all of you your daily bread. I am the only one that gives you what you really need. All of you, all my children. I'm the one that forgives your debts. When you forgive people your debts, then you will experience my forgiveness for yourself. I will never lead you into temptation. I will always deliver you from evil. And then God might conclude by saying, just remember, it's my kingdom and it's my power and it's my glory forever. All the power and the glory and everything that you think you want, it all belongs to me. Basically, God is saying, guys, I'm in charge and you're not. Again, this is just an exercise, but give it a try. Think how God would say those things to you. Now, the last thing I'm going to share is, again, just an exercise, but it's something to make us think more deeply about the spirit and the power that God gives to us. I want you to imagine, what if Jesus had just appointed you as one of his 12 disciples and gave you the power and authority to go preach and heal, and you accepted the commission? Remember, he sent them out two by two and He just said, okay, here, go start preaching the gospel and tell people about the kingdom of heaven and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. Freely ye have received and freely give. Go, go now. It's time. Go on right now. But they must have felt empowered because they went out and they did it. Later on, he appointed 70 more disciples to go out two and two to preach the gospel to all the cities and places that he would come later they were going to start preparing the way for him to come and preach. Okay, so just imagine, what if you had been one of the 12 disciples? Okay, I guess that's pretty presumptuous. What if you had been one of the 70 that he sent out later, and you felt empowered and emboldened and spiritually alive, and you accepted this commission? Hold on to that spirit And pray the Lord's Prayer with that spirit, with that sense of boldness and that sense of conviction and that sense of power and authority that Jesus has given you. The Spirit of Christ 
gives you that exact same power and authority today, but you have to accept it. You have to use it. You have to employ that sense of authority and that sense of spiritual understanding and conviction. So give that a try. Pray the Lord's Prayer with that, with that same sense of spirit that, that Jesus' disciples must have experienced. I hope you've found these ideas helpful. They have helped me so much. I don't pray them that way every day. Just once in a while, I'll pick out a different way to pray the Lord's Prayer. And there's some other ideas that I may not have thought of yet. If you have a way that you pray the Lord's Prayer, I would love for you to share that because there's so much power in those few little words. And again, it's not the words themselves. It's the, it's the spirit of what they're saying. It's the message behind it. It's the supremacy of God that is coming to the fore here that meets all our needs and solves all our problems and gives all the glory to God. That's what that prayer is all about. I'm going to close with a couple of verses from the book of Micah in the Old Testament. And I think this puts a summation on kind of everything we've talked about about the spirit that's in our heart when we pray to God. Micah says this, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? This is the way we come to God in prayer, through humility, through a sense of justice, through loving kindness, and most importantly, through humility. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a comment on the show notes page. This is episode number eight, so if you go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 008, you can go down to the bottom of the page and there's a place to leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear any insights you have on the Lord's Prayer. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, You might like to go back and listen to the first two or three episodes. They kind of set the tone for what I'm trying to do with this podcast, and I tell a little bit about myself and what I'm up to and where I'm coming from. Just go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash podcast, and you'll find all those episodes in the player at the bottom of the page. If you haven't already subscribed, I hope you'll do so. You can do that on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I hope you'll share this with a friend. We all need to learn how to pray more effectively. And someone you know might really appreciate some of the ideas in this episode. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can do that at The Bible Speaks to You. And there's one more favor I would like to ask of you, and that is if you're on an Apple device or if you can get to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I'd really appreciate if you could leave me a review. Just let me know. Tell me what you think. Tell me if it's helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.